Welcome to the high track. This is yours truly, Carl Shantae of the Grammy Award winning We Dope Music Production Group. This is the high track. Here we talk the music, the business, the industry. And we're going a little sports because it's fun. It's time to pay some bills. Brought to you by the artist guy. That is theartistguy.co. Powered by Blue Puppet Relations. The artist guy can provide you with the tools you need to help build your business and your career. Follow us on Instagram at and also tweet us at tweet Blackstock. Don't forget to subscribe on SoundCloud and tune in and the podcast app. Yeah, so it's not going to be a big three today. I know. Womp womp. I've actually been uh, pretty sick the past couple of weeks. Hence, we did not have an episode in the last couple of weeks. And there's been some you know, uproar of disturbance and things like that within this country and a lot of things going on that I kind of wanted to center myself on and present myself well on this argument. So this is going to be more of a special edition today. I'm going to be pretty frank. So be prepared for that. I am a black man living in Los Angeles. I I'm from Detroit, Michigan, and educated in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, and I've had my fair share of wrongfully being accused with law enforcement and any type of hierarchy of authority within a particular community. And um, I've, you know, it's safe to say that obviously I've survived all said acts, you know, um, mostly unharmed. Um, and but some things were you know left more traumatic. But in this country right now, we have because of this election, we have a lot of celebrated anger. And I believe when I believe that there's a time where I felt that there was a celebration of differences. Um, I believe m- most of my friends were of the Jewish descent in high school and increasingly so in college and we had a celebration of our differences and I learned a lot from cultures vice versa and I've always seemed to recognize with them in a way that they respected my creativity and my free thought you know I've never felt bound by them in ways that made me feel inferior now because of the way systematic racism is established it's almost built to those who are unfairly accused of being racist as well because they are in part part of the system even unwillingly or knowingly sometimes and um part of that system is the film industry um, and recently I, I seen a movie film that, you know, we all probably learned in school at some point, Birth of a Nation. This film teaches a lot to people who are, has either lived under a rock or just been completely white educated their entire life to not know these particular stories that obviously more more black kids learn when we're in school and 
watching this film, I had to say it just made me more angry. And it's sad because being so far removed from the times of these horrific events in this time period in our country, I don't feel we've come far enough for me to not have very angry feelings afterwards to the point where it makes me even look at other people differently as if maybe I underestimated them. I'm not going to put on blast who I saw the movie with, but they knew that I was in a tremendously different mood just five to seven minutes within the movie. And I know myself, this is actually the exact reason why I didn't want to see it. I wanted to support it. I'm the type of person that will pay money to see a movie such as Birth of a Nation and not actually watch it just for the, the, the sanctity of my brain because I know what happens. But I'm a fair supporter of movies such as this because I believe that it goes you know, farther than education. I actually believe that it's more of a reaffirming or more of a reminder to people to understand that we are not completely done and i don't need to cite events that happen in this country i think we're all aware so i'm not going to get into specifics but after watching films like this and understanding how our country is right now and who we have in front of us it it gets to a point where it could be a little depressing and this is this is why i believe obama actually was the first latino president then the african-american president now obviously he is black so let's not get that confused but uh you know it's just like the saying that we said that clinton was the first black president we know he's not black um, and we're just talking about the things he accomplished and who benefited the most. And I honestly believe during Ob Obama's terms, Latinos definitely benefited the most. That's why um, this election has become very key on immigration, because they're not talking about us, obviously. And um, the, the gun reform and police reform, these are subjects. They're hot topics, but they're not key issues. They're not pushing legislation like they will be doing for obviously Latino community. Just like anything else that's coming, it's going to be enforcing the largest growing population in our country, which is Latinos. And the 12% black community, which is in, you know slowly decreasing every year, will eventually cease to matter as far as a need to be elected much like the Asian vote now you don't need it to be elected and I believe that the candidates are in front of us um, don't have much reason to really focus on us they may use whatever they need to to get elected but we will not be the center because any smart person and I don't mean this to be cynical but any smart person is always going to focus on the majority and majority of votes and obviously that's the white community which is also decreasing and you know in eight years they will no longer be the majority the other will be the majority minorities will be in the majority collectively 
with Latinos leading the helm. With the fastest growing community becoming more vote savvy in this country, it's it's only smart to make sure that you got their best interests because they're going to be the ones winning or losing you the election in the future. It will not be the African-American community, unfortunately. It's, it's just a fact at this point, um, unless we start re reproducing and astronomical numbers. But I, I, I must uh, I must say, uh, to segue a little bit, we, we always thought that, you know, if we kept to our culture and, and kept to our own and, you know, increased our population, that we will be a force within this country, just like other races and subcommunities have done, you know, you know, sticking to their own. And that might not have been the best thing for us, considering that there is a system designed against us to populate in heavy numbers. Um, the higher our population, the higher our incarceration rate, also the higher our death toll, um, higher disease rate. So it was basically there was a cap. There was a ceiling for African-Americans in this country since day one. Um, so I honestly feel and, you know, you can take this with a grain of salt. This is just an idea that I've had for years and, you know, and some people have heard me say this. So some people, this is not going to be very brand new, but I always thought that I, that biracial biraciality would save the black race in America, at least. I know how weird that sounds, but the thing is, majority rules um, numbers is the game. You need the numbers to win. We've never had the numbers. And if we always needed the majority to empathize with us in order to get something done for us as African-Americans. And I, I say us as African-Americans because I am African-American. That's not meant to exclude any other listeners. That is not. I'm just letting you know that's how I speak right now. So this is not an exclusion thing. But that's that's just the numbers. So let's think about it this way. Let's say... 30 to 40 percent of the african-american race in this country were choosing to have white spouses um in essence obviously you create uh, a generation of biracial kids that will recognize with being african-american and also recognize being caucasian to the point where they probably wouldn't have a form of white supremacy because they know that they're not fully in that club. But also, they wouldn't need to feel as if they, they were excluded from the black community either. I mean, just imagine how that generation votes. Imagine uh, in an election like this where you know the black vote is going to carry a little bit but if this election was eight years from now the black vote would be useless um we would have close to 25 percent influence on the election that swings an election that's like the mood and now for what i'm working on
Thanks for coming out, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Hype Track. This is Carl Sean Tay of the Rebuild Music Production Group. Go ahead and follow us at Carl Sean Tay at We Are Blastock on Instagram. Holla at us. Let me know what you think. Anything specific you want me to talk about, you know, just let me know. Peace. And the bottle head grease. Friday on Friday, you know the highway We even turn up in the driveway Do some wild-ish that might have you look at me sideways Don't wanna think, wanna feel now Inhibitions, no, we real now Don't settle for the cards, we deal now We ain't ever slowing down, we peel out We live life, we ain't just alive No wish I would've tried before I die Got our hands and the drinks up to the sky Hands and the drinks up to the sky